Hey everybody, welcome back to Experience by Design podcast, where we explore and examine experience designs of all kinds. I'm Gary David. I'm handling the intro duties for this week's show. Adam is on assignment, doing some interesting experience design work for a client, and we look forward to hearing an update about what went on. Today's show came about by chance as I was listening to the radio driving to work one day, like I normally do. And as I was just absentmindedly listening, I heard the phrase loan experience in an advertisement. And I know we all know that we're living in an experience economy, what's being called an experience economy, or what I like to call experience mad libs. And if you remember this game from growing up, it's where you would insert a noun before a word, which you didn't know what the word following that noun would be. You just kind of you know blurted it out. And so it could be like, you know, avocado. And so that would be avocado experience or something like that. And so we're getting a lot of blank experiences that we're designing for. Recently online, I saw someone refer to the criminal justice experience, which is going to be a topic for another podcast. And that journey is going to be pretty different based upon which part of the criminal justice system you're occupying. And for today's show and talking about loans... It does make me think about how loans have a fascinating cultural property. There's this, this cultural element of having a loan and getting a loan. In the Bible, for instance, if you are familiar with the Bible, you can find references to usury or charging of high interest for the lending of money. Other faith traditions, likewise, look negatively on the quote-unquote loan experience when it causes harm. We might think of more in a more contemporary sense, you know, loan sharks as the current manifestation of the ancient pronouncements against taking advantage of people through the giving of loans. And the idea that people who are desperate in need of assistance or help of some kind can be taken advantage of by those who have the means to provide that assistance. More generally, you can look at different cultures in the past or even present where people who handle money can be seen as quote-unquote unclean. And we all have our own opinions of bankers today, but historically the unclean work was left for those ethnic populations who were seen on the margins of society. And that's how today we might associate certain ethnic groups with money lending or handling of money. So the topic of loans and lending is by no means a new one. It's rooted in our, our cultural history and it still has a lot of, you know, power and a meaning in our contemporary times. But when does a loan change from a dream to a debt? We I mean, we all take on loans. We might need a loan to buy a house or to buy a car or for whatever reason. We have daily discussions of student loan debt, for instance, and the crisis that this is producing. However, at some point, that loan was not seen as a burden it was seen as an investment in the future. And that investment was going to hopefully pay off with great opportunities. However, at some point, that dream of what it might become becomes or can become a burden of what it is, especially if it doesn't pay off. And now, we have, now we're faced with how do we deal with it? And that loan, that thing, doesn't just have personal impact, but can have societal repercussions if it is on such a broad level that it has an impact to the economy. And so this makes taking the loan experience or taking this on, it means it's a really unique challenge. 
And it's one that the company that we're talking about today, Lightstream, is taking head on. And this was the advertisement that I heard where Lightstream, you know, the loan experience. And so what is the loan experience and how are they trying to manage it? And if you go to their website, which I did, they describe themselves in the following way. Quote, Lightstream is a national online lending division of SunTrust Bank, which is focused on enhancing the financial confidence of its clients. Lightstream provides unsecured loans to good credit customers for practically any purpose, including debt consolidation, end quote. That sounds fine, and as descriptions go, it's probably pretty basic, but it really doesn't capture everything that Lightstream is doing or has done to transform that loan journey and to create what they call this loan experience. And if you go to their website, you, you learn that really quickly for reasons we discussed today. And to learn more, Adam and I chatted with Kristen Schuf, who is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Lightstream. It was a really interesting conversation. I mean, all of our conversations I like to think are interesting, but this was fascinating because who thinks of getting a loan as an experience? We hear how Kristen grew up reading Ad Age as a child, as she was captivated by how these characters she knew and loved were being created by ad agencies and how they went from basically the boardroom to her living room. We also discuss how omni-channel marketing doesn't necessarily mean all channels, that just because you can advertise across all channels doesn't mean you should, and how you have to think very consciously of which channels you use. Kristen also describes how customer and employee centricity are central to mapping a loan experience that correlates for why people are getting loans. And how providing loan information beyond interest rates is a key strategy to their branding efforts. And if you go to their their website, you know, Lightstream website, you'll see that they break out the types of loans people are applying for and then provide information to people beyond just the interest rates. It's really, really, really fascinating stuff. And finally, and this maybe is the most interesting thing to me personally, we learned that Kristen and I grew up about 20 miles from each other in southeastern Michigan. So that made for an interesting connection as well. So lots to cover, lots to discuss around the loan and the loan experience. And really hope that you enjoy our chat. See the black in you. <laughs> that's that's right. I think that's the moral to the story here is just refreshing in life and in your browser can do wonders sometimes. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us today and, and to chat and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about Lightstream, which is kind of a really fascinating organization that I didn't hear about until I was listening to my Sirius XM uh, radio in my car. And your Uh commercial came on. You did hear us, yes. (laughs) Well, I did, and I honestly wasn't paying attention. Um, And I should mention also it was on the Joe Madison show on um, Urban View, which I listen to often in the morning. Great. And uh, all of a sudden, like this this phrase caught my attention, which was loan experience. And I went, what does that mean? (laughs) Who (laughs) Who uses the phrase loan experience? I mean, for customer experience, user experience, patient Mm -hmm. experience, but loan experience was a new one on me. And that's when I went back to my office, when I got to my office and and looked you all up and went, well, that's interesting. Something's going on here. Yes. Yes. And we're the only one that uses that term. So we, uh, uh, but, but I think it, 
it represents our uh, passion for delivering a great loan experience. Um, it's it's how we built the business, and it's at the heart of what we do every day. So I'm I'm happy to to talk to you as much as you'd like about that. Well, we we like to talk about these things a lot, but you know, in looking at your background, I can't help but ask this next question because you went to U of M. Are you from Michigan? Uh, I lived there as a kid for a while. Where, where did you live? Uh, I lived in West Bloomfield. Well, there you are. I'm from Gross Point Park. So there ah, we go. Wonderful. Born and, born and raised. And so mm-hmm. you went to U of M and you studied psychology. As a social scientist and Adam is an anthropologist, I always, mm-hmm. I always like to find people who value our areas of, of work. So what made yeah. you go into psychology? Um, it, actually, I had done an assessment early in my college career uh, to try to understand sort of where my likes were and what kind of career paths those might enable. Um, and I had um, grown up uh, a, a child of a marketing researcher. And so I had always uh, had some exposure to, uh, to, to marketing and psychology through, uh, through that um, relationship with my dad. And um, when I was a kid, I used to read Ad Age uh, at his office because that was the only interesting or cool thing to a kid in a big kind of office big market research office, everything was, you know, it, it stood out. It was something I recognized and I, I would read at age as a kid waiting for him to finish something up on a weekend or an evening or something and um, started to connect the dots between uh, business. Uh, I also had, um, I did a lot of work in graphic design. So business graphic design and uh, social psychology actually um, hmm. specifically is where I spent more time focusing even within the world of psychology and decided to figure out how to connect the dots across those to understand consumer behavior in a commercial environment. That, that is really interesting because social psychology is one of the areas that I use a lot of as well, especially in terms of role identity and intergroup relations. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just fascinating to hear that. Number one, growing up, you're reading that age. Um, what were the other kids? I mean, I don't know what you were talking about in the playground then in West Bloomfield, as other kids were talking about. <laughs> you know, other thing you were talking about ad campaigns and, and market niches and strategy, or um, I was mostly a, a regular kid on the playground, but well, that's cool. um, but Ad Age was full of. I mean, it had a lot of good imagery in it around you know around um, ad campaigns, the things I recognized: Tony the Tiger and Jolly Green Giant and things that I could, that as, even as a kid, if even if I had a kid's view of it, things I recognized uh, at the grocery store or in the marketplace. And so there was a familiarity to it. Um, it just was, you know, for a kid, one of the more interesting things to read in a parent's office. And um, it, it became more tangible to me what my, what my dad did and you know, how all of this works. And so that, that definitely um, inspired me to think about it more as I started to connect the dots between all of my um, interests and saying, how do I channel this into a career? So going way back then, you were really interested in integrating, you know, what we would consider social sciences and arts and sciences and business Mm -hmm. as well, which is, you know, it's, it makes sense on the face of it actually, but in a lot of ways it's unique in that, at least from an academic standpoint, there tends to be or can be a kind of a firewall between social science or, or arts and sciences or even liberal arts and how to apply that into business environments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think the whole discipline of even account planning in an, in a sort of a, a traditional agency environment um, is where 
uh, is where I think the real strategy and magic happens to try to connect to a consumer and what is motivating them to make a choice um, and and choose a product and and why it gets it it's it's the real roots of what today everybody talks about as behavioral economics why people really do what they do. I, I, I know Adam, but I'm going to speak for Adam because I just said I'm speaking for Adam. I think that, you know, <laughs> there you go. You yeah. Know, I thought, well, I, I just, you know, can, can I speak for you, Adam? Thanks. Sure. So sure, I think right, that yeah. one of the, one of the powerful things that we like to you know talk about here is this, this mutual informing of the, the disciplines or the traditions of mm-hmm. how can one inform the other. And, and Adam, I'm going to speak for more of about Adam now. So Adam, you don't have to say anything. You can just this, kind of sit back. This is great. Yeah. All right. And I'll just, I'll speak for the entire time as a design anthropologist. There you go. You know, the, this, yeah, there, I'm ding, I'm putting all the plugs in there, trying to understand the why oh, and the how you. so that businesses can make more informed decisions so that businesses can make more informed decisions about what they're doing. <clears throat> Yeah, now with that too. I mean, this this is actually that, that this is this is fascinating. So I did I did some behavioral economics work as as part of my my research. I, I was actually working with uh, quinoa production for both conservation and for markets in Peru, and so mm-hmm. we did behavioral economics kind of I guess experiments you call it or framed field games mm-hmm. uh, with farmers about what choices they make. And so I, I love this sort of field of thinking. And so it's funny though because it's it's like. Uh, I really appreciate the way that you attach this to thinking with things like account planning, because that's not something that I hear farmers talking about. You know, maybe we should, right? Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, they're they're incredibly and deeply related, right? And like why we make decisions are, are both based as consumers and in producers in this case, too. Um, and also I, why I think Lightstream is such an interesting conversational piece, because, you know, and I, I want to dig into this, too, this idea that like it does bring all these different, both consumers and producers together, right? And, and, and how do we provide access, whether through, through you know, revenue generation or providing financial access to opening a new business or, you know, getting that marketing arm strengthened up or, or whatever it is. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's exciting to hear both how you've like gone with social psychology and psychological thinking and put that into play with marketing in, in business. And so, yeah. So yes, as a design anthropologist, I like these pieces as well, because they all, you know, we need integrated sort of conversations and integrated methods into marketing and business world, which is, I mean, what this podcast is, is actually all about too, is seeing how these conversations happen uh, by, by throwing people in a room and saying, let's talk about X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. And as Adam was talking about the bringing producers and consumers together, one of the things I noticed in your and doing some research online, and I just got to ask about it, is the Power Sports 19 Finance Summit. One of the nice things about doing this podcast is I learned things I never would have learned existed, like mm-hmm. the Power Sports 19, that there's a Power Sports Finance Summit. And there is. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it makes sense, right? There's there's an industry for everything. And mm-hmm. you know, when people want to buy an RV or other kind of powerful vehicle, they, they got to have money for it. And so why not have a finance summit about it? And so I'd love to hear about what, what the power sports finance summit was like, but also how has like this kind of role pushed you in terms of what your generalist knowledge has to be across all these different areas that you provide loans for? It does. It does push me to make sure to understand all of the niches. Our product, our, our loan product can be used for, you know, 
almost anything. There's a, there's a small list of things for, for good reasons we can't, but we lend across all, uh, most all of the categories you can think of that you might need a loan for $5,000 or more in. So the product, is, it's our product design isn't so much tailored to each one of those because the, the function of the product is very similar across them, but the mindset of the individual, nobody, nobody goes out to uh, shop for a loan. They shop for the, the, the item or the initiative, if it's something like a home improvement where it's not, you're not purchasing something, you're creating something or building something, um, they, they have a need and that need is what's in their mind and that's their orientation. And then we, uh, Power Sports Finance Summit is a good example of getting this product into the marketplace and into the buying cycle that a consumer is in uh, when they need our product. So they're looking for an ATV or the next best sort of, you know, boat or water, uh, water device or um, anything you can think of in that world. Um, they know what they want. They've been dreaming about it. They've been looking at pictures. They've been posting. They've been sharing. They've been shopping. They've been thinking and researching. And when they go to finally get it, we want to be we want them to have come across us in that shopping process and they, we want to be there for them as financing for power sports. So it, it puts it in their context and makes it relevant to them. It really does. It just made me think of something actually. And so I, you might be familiar with this concept of like, you know, jobs to be done that no one wants to mm-hmm. buy a hammer. They want to hang a picture. And so mm-hmm. they need a hammer to put a nail on the wall. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, the, what you just said is, is, is it is a definition of that. No one wants a loan. They want to get an RV. And so you are that kind of hammer in the middle, that tool that's necessary, that's needed to fulfill that thing. And so, you know, Lightstream is the point of the journey where dreams become reality, right? It kind of mm-hmm. fulfills that, that goal or that desire through providing the means to achieve it. Yes, we enable them, right? Nobody goes and looks for an unsecured installment loan. That's technically- <laughs> What do you want for Christmas? I would like an unsecured installment loan. <laughs> right. Um, but if they happen to see ATV loan, you're like, oh, that's exactly what I'm getting. Well, that might be exactly what I need. Sounds like it's going to do exactly what I'm looking for. So just even choosing the right words, it's, it's, it's as simple as choosing the right words. We don't necessarily have a whole different product design for that, but we're able to make it especially relevant to them so that they're, so that they get what they're looking for. And I do think that this is a tricky area. And I was just thinking about this culturally when I was getting ready for, to chat with you today, you know, at a certain point alone is a dream and then it becomes an investment. And at some point it becomes debt. I mean, mm-hmm. so this one thing right? Can have, speaking about it from a social psychological standpoint, this one thing, this one object can have different, you know, different meanings based on the perception of it. Uh And so as, as Lightstream is so focused on customer experience and employee experience, which I want to talk about more, does that factor into your thinking at all that, you know, this one object is a different representation or a different concrete entity in someone's mind at different points of its ownership, right? So at one point it's, mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling a dream. Now it's an invest or it's an investment in my kid's future. Now I got to pay it off. I mean, I, we see this with student loans all the time, right? It's an investment at the beginning and after they graduate, it's debt. Yes. Um, we, we do. Um, we designed the product to be, 
in a way it's set and forget. Um, not, you know, the, the product itself, most people um, sign up for auto pay because you actually get a rate discount, right? So getting into a little bit of the details of the product by offering a discount for auto pay, it does a couple of things for us. Most importantly, it um, gives the client a discount and it, it ensures the payment comes in every month and it makes it super easy for them. So um, for a client that doesn't experience uh, curveballs, which we, we um, are, you know, our product, we target, you know, good credit clients. That's, that's who we serve. Um, they can get the loan, set it on auto pay. And over the course of the loan, they might not ever need to talk to us again uh, and go about, go on about their life, ride their ATV, build their kitchen, whatever it is they're going to do. Um, they, you know, paying it is simple because it's on auto pay. They don't have to think about it. It keeps them on time. It keeps our losses down. It's sort of a win-win for everybody. And, um, you know, there's, and we don't have late fees you know, it, it becomes a non-issue for them. They don't really ever have to think about it again. So it keeps it simple. And it I mean, doesn't that, that, feel like a laborious debt. And it's actually a really fascinating way to think about the, the loan experience too, because I, w- I want to dig into this this concept too. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because in this case, part of the, the the way of like, in this case, it sounds like a successful experience is actually sort of like, you know, kind of getting in, providing access, providing empowerment, and then stepping out. And so the customer kind of mm-hmm. hops in and says, hey, you know, help me, help me hang this picture picture gets hung, I ride my ATV, and then it's, yeah, then it's kind of not really revisited, um, except maybe at touch points over email, just, mm-hmm. you know, or if you have auto pay on, you know, it's just kind of, you, you get a receipt in the mail or something, you know, or a payment mm-hmm. schedule. Um, I don't know. So I, I wonder if you could kind of walk us through like this, this concept of, of the loan experience, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, and is this, this is kind of one iteration of it, I suppose, right? This is like the, maybe the ideal, the ideal customer, you know, experience, I suppose. Um, yeah, kind of set and, set and forget, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd love to, can you talk us through like how you map out some of these either, either kind of personas or, or map out some of the ways that this experience has, you know, how, how you've talked about that and how you sort of set it up uh, for people mm-hmm. to, to experience. Sure. Sure. Um, so, uh, the, the personas, uh, that we have mapped out tend to be, um, a little bit life stage oriented, but more purpose oriented. I think that the, the experience really differs by, um, by purpose. So if somebody who's planning to um, put in a new kitchen or a pool values different parts of our product and experience differently than somebody who might be buying a car hmm. at a dealership, right? Where things like speed are more important or less important to somebody, um, or, or, or even in another use case, uh, adoption or IVF. That's a very long process. So funds as soon as today uh, sounds great and certainly demonstrates that we're fast and easy. If, we can, if, we, if you can have funds in your bank account as soon as the same day you apply, it's got to be pretty simple and it's got to be pretty quick. Hmm. But if you're planning IVF or if you're planning a kitchen build, you usually don't suddenly need them in a day. That's a longer process. You might be coming up with plans, going through doctor's appointments, whatever that purpose is that you, that is yours, um, kind of dictates that. But if you're, if you decide if your car breaks down, or if you decide on a, on a whim, maybe, maybe we do want a new car and you go into a dealership, uh, 
and you find the perfect one and you're like, oh, but it's going to be gone tomorrow. What do I do? Hmm. You know, you have the opportunity to get your funds as soon as today. So the personas tend to be a little more about what is that person going through? What are the circumstances by which our loan needs to perform for them? Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, at that point, then, the, the loan experience, which we talk about, we have a guarantee that backs, and, and we say, if this isn't your best loan experience, we're willing to give you $100. That's how, that's how confident we are um, that, that we're, we're going to exceed the expectations that you've had from your past lending experiences. Hmm. Um, and it's as simple as, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the simple version and we can dig in wherever you'd like, which is... Uh, it's an online application that takes a couple minutes. Um, you know, we can uh, make a decision um, pretty quickly. And if we've been able to get everything we need from you uh, and uh, by a certain time of the day, you can have your funds in your bank account at the end of that day. So um, logging in, giving us bank account information on where to send the funds, setting up your account, picking your due date, um, signing your loan agreement digitally and, uh, and, and getting that all done. And then we can fund you by the end of the day, if you'd like. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. And so it also like, I mean, even looking at the, the front page of the Lightstream website, you know, one of the interesting things is, is, you know, from a, a user experience or a user interface perspective, I'm thinking about this as you're saying this, cause there's, you know, the, the, one of the top questions of course is, is what is it you want to fund is, you know, the examples here are auto, you know, kitchen, bath remodel, debt consolidation, swimming pool, medical. So it's interesting to see too, like even in this, as I'm thinking about the, the way that we have kind of purpose-driven personas at play here, you know, this is like another interesting way of thinking about that, where it's it's the kind of thing that wants to get get funded. Um, and so it's interesting that like the, the notion of purpose kind of comes through that here as well. Um, mm-hmm. That can both be about something like medical, right? Which could be, right, something as as specific as I have to help get paid or help pay medical bills or if we're thinking about adoption in the future, like there's different timescales there um, and auto too. So it's, it's uh, is this another way, I guess I'm trying to think about like the website as, as kind of a front, you know, this is where a lot of people, they either hear an ad on, on the radio, like, like Gary did, mm-hmm. or you come to the website and you're kind of thinking about what is it that I want to get a loan for? Um, and having these different kind of options is interesting too. Uh, is, is the process the same though? I imagine like, is the application process probably similar Um you know, if I click on auto versus debt consolidation or does it, or do you kind of filter, I don't know I mean, how, I how much you can say, I guess, but like, does it, is it filter within that process as well? Does the experience change a little bit depending on what it is that you're applying for? No, um, no, for the most part, the, um, the process is the same. Um, there have been times in the past where, um, you know, if you wanted to buy an auto, we may, um, offer you an unsecured loan. Um, if your credit doesn't qualify for the unsecured, we used to have a secured version, but, um, more and more over time, we've been able to actually learn about the customer experience by measuring it, figuring out where we're creating friction for the client, um, versus the business results that that friction might be creating for us and making some decisions to smooth those out, um, for the client. Um, so today I would say I'm thinking across all of these, uh, the, the process is, is really quite similar. Uh, we might have different, um, credit criteria depending mm-hmm. on what the client is using it for, because that, 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 and, um, that, that may, um, that we just make the decisions differently based on how we, um, 
need the loan to perform and expect the economics of it and so on. But um, but for the most part, the process is is pretty agnostic. It's a, you know it's an unsecured loan. We don't secure hmm. it. We don't have to do paperwork. We don't have to you know. So those kinds of things um, keep it simple. It's really the same loan underneath it across the board. Cool. Can can you just real quick? Can can you say for our listeners what what a secured versus unsecured loan is? Oh yes. Um, so a secured loan um, is a loan that's actually collateralized by the item it's uh, financing. So most auto loans are considered secured loans. Okay. They um, you uh, the 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 item itself collateralizes the loan, and if if somebody doesn't pay back the loan, you can take the item back. You can collect the item back uh, and recover. Um, any losses there. An unsecured loan doesn't uh, doesn't um, collateralize anything. We're underwriting the person and their credit quality, as opposed to underwriting uh, an item, a thing, a house, right? Hmm. An auto. Um, and so, an unsecured loan uh, just it simply um, underwrites the credit quality of the individual. So, if the, theoretically speaking, if I was you know got a loan for IVF treatments and we had a child. And the child became so annoying that we no longer wanted the child. Could we then opt, move it to be a secured loan where you just repossess the child? If there were such a thing, uh, and if it were legal, that is that is conceptually how it would work. <laughs> I th- I, some days I would I would prefer that uh, that's how <laughs> that's how. So I mean, I this is probably too much personal information, but after we had our first child, and you know, I learned that you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the nurses were telling us that you you know there is a there is the possibility or people do leave children at the hospital, um, you know, if they no longer can care or want them. And my wife just looked at me as if to say, don't get any ideas (laughs) 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 because I don't know. I mean, I I find it kind of interesting to thought of a IVF treatment as an, as a secured loan that, well, this kid has a lot of potential earning potential. So (laughs) maybe we want to. And I think that's something that I think you hit on, on a point, those, types of things sort of uh, on the serious side of it, they're not things that are easy to find a loan for. I mean, there are, there are home equity, there, there are blanket loan types out there that can kind of fund whatever you need. But, uh, and in the case of a home equity loan or line, the house secures the loan. And so what you need funds Hmm. for is not material, but um, for uh, a lender to underwrite anything at all and not really care what it is you're using the money for. We care more about um, your credit quality and your performance and, you know, trusting that you're, you've got the ability to repay the loan. So on, on that point, it seems like then it would have been easier from a web design standpoint, since you can, you know, the, the list of what you don't lend, lend for is much shorter than the list of what you do. You could just had a landing page with your rates and then with another page saying we don't lend for this and called it a day. But rather the decision was made somewhere to build out all of these sub pages mm-hmm. for all of the diff- – not all the different areas, but you know, mm-hmm. typical areas that you might from jacuzzis to horse trailers to adoption to IVF. I mean I was just – right now I'm looking at the medical page and I'm thinking of – you know, medical financing of the the challenges. But then I started to think, well, what can I get? What what medical treatment could I get for $10,000? And then I click on the page and sure enough, there's unexpected vet bills. I'm like, yes, genius. Mm-hmm. Because as a pet owner, that's more likely to be the thing that is an unexpected expense, which causes 
um, not a catastrophic impact on my you know family's finances, mm-hmm. like like if someone had an emergency room visit or, or whatever, but it has enough of an impact where like I don't want to spend spend five thousand dollars for the dog's you know untwisting of his intestines or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That can add up. So I, for I thought that was genius. Can. I mean, how, how, what, what's the process there of what blog items we put on what pages to kind of connect with the customers who might be landing there? So we actually have a whole blog site. It's blog.lightstream.com. Um, and we, you're seeing places where we've been able to pull it in and connect, uh, connect the two sites and connect the resources together. Um, you might see, you know, uh, we, we, we had one uh, extremely successful um, article around season tickets, right? And that one seems to have given us the kind of um, search engine optimization juice to um, to, to register and re- uh, when people are searching for you know, season tickets. Because that's, again, nobody thinks about, well, gosh, what if I want to finance these? Uh, and most of the time they don't offer you a way to do that. But, you know, we provide that. And so when you, when you think about somebody who's searching for something, so somebody says, oh, gosh, what do I do with these vet bills? And they go to Google and they type in, that bill financing, you know, that, I, I don't know if that's one we've actually um, purchased. Better make a note but, of it. But yeah, hmm. but I might, yeah. That, <laughs> that becomes a whole vertical. If there's enough business to be had there, we could fund those keywords. And then if somebody's searching for that, you want the landing page to resonate with the words that they were searching for. So um, so our, our blog site has become a way to become relevant in a lot more of these niches and and resonate with people who are looking for something so specific. Well, I think I think there's another capability you could layer on there, especially for the season tickets, is you know a geolocation function where if you're in the area of Michigan and it's a Detroit Lions season tickets, the answer is no. It's not yeah. worth the investment because. <laughs> The, you know, if you're a New York Jets fan, probably not. If you're a Patriots fan, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so. I, I think you might add another layer of micro, uh, you know, marketing, target marketing with with the geolocation. But I think you know, the, I'm looking at the blog site right now, and it really is amazing that you, you know you don't have to do this, right? I mean, again, the the loan is the thing people are looking for, but at the same time, it I, I'm guessing it's what you like to brand yourself as setting you apart from just providing a loan. You're providing knowledgeable in, or actionable information for people to make decisions and thereby becoming a partner in this journey of acquiring X or Y or whatever it is they're looking for. Mm-hmm. You find, I guess, so this, is, this has me thinking about too, something that you mentioned a little bit uh uh, a few minutes ago was about this this notion of when you're kind of setting up the either the the visual experience or the, the again the customer experience across this loan experience. There is you mentioned kind of finding these points of friction and sort of how to alleviate them. So it seems like the blog is it it kind of like on one level offers a space to alleviate a friction of how do I think about you know, what I want to use the loan, but at the same time, it also provides this other side of it by providing a solution where they may not have realized that this is a great place to have a solution, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I guess looking at the blog too and seeing this, like how to, 
how to manage holiday spending. That's a great, I, I need to think about that. Right. <laughs> you know, so sure. it, it's like, that's actually a really good thing. So I'd love, I'd love if you could kind of walk us through a couple of these, these moments of friction that you've seen over the, over the, uh, your time with Lightstream that you've kind of either worked through on the UX UI side or on the marketing side, or in this case, like if this was SEO or like the idea, even perhaps of, of putting this blog uh, together, um, and also any moments of friction come to mind in the kind of how you identified them and like whether the metrics or the personas or whatever, and then kind of work through them. Sure. Well, I think, I think that the original vision for the blog site in particular was to be able to capture people a little more up the marketing funnel than people who've already decided what they're going to do, found us somehow. They either found us through their pool builder or they found us by searching in Google or they found us um, by going lending tree, you know, hmm. or they found us by talking to somebody who had had a good experience with us. So they, they were talking, I'm about to get my kitchen. I'm about to pull the trigger on my kitchen project. Uh, I'm still trying to decide exactly how to fund it. And somebody says, Oh, well, I did this, you know, my um, used live stream was unbelievable. They backed it, and, you know, it was so smooth and so easy. I didn't even have to think about it. And, um, so somehow they're already on the path. They know what they want. But for somebody who's researching, hmm, what's the best way to finance solar? What are all the options? What are, you know, what do I do about vet bills that I wasn't expecting because, you know, Sparky's going to be here for 10 more years. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and he has a lot of things we have to manage for him. And, you know, what what are the things that are researchable that are part of, of people doing their homework to help make decisions and how can we get in that consideration set sort of up market before they mm -hmm. actually have decided what path they want to go down. And we, 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 I think we've done a really good job of being in all of the, and all of the, um, you know, most effective places that they're looking when they need a loan. So how do you go one step further and get out in front of them uh, when they're researching? And that, that was the genesis of the blog site. Um, so then it helps us uh, dimensionalize uh, the product for them and all the different ways you can use it. It helps us, um, if you go back to how we've created this, these kind of highly verticalized experiences for people. They search season ticket financing. They find us. They come to the season ticket financing landing page. They fund the loan. You know, if we're efficient and haven't distracted them to look around or do anything else, if they haven't needed to understand more than that, we've given them a nice, clean experience, then they actually don't get a sense of all the other things that we do. Hmm. Um, and the challenge is it's so friction-free and so set and forget that we actually have to do some work to let them know what else we do for what else we can actually do for them for all their other needs that might come up down the road. And um and that's where this site also helps us is, is educating people who know us as the season ticket lender or the IVF lender to say, well, actually, we've, we've got solutions for lots of other things you might need down the road. Right. I actually, one of the things I was looking at was the airplane, not because I'm looking to buy an airplane, but number <laughs> one, the idea of getting a loan to buy an airplane and the person at the end of my street actually builds airplanes. So oh. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. I really did appreciate in the blog on used airplanes that it says the last thing in the world you want is to discover a problem with a plane when you're airborne, which I thought was good advice. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> that, yes. that, is, that is the last thing that you want. But it's, I think in one part, it's, it's both stimulating 
interest of, I mean, I, I guess the question and it's better as a question is, you know, is it like an end display kind of thinking in a grocery store, right? I didn't think I needed the Cheez-Its, but you know, that I see them, I better get a box or is it, you know, I just want the person to have an imprint that we also do these other things so that they'll, will be front of mind if, and when the time comes that they're going to do this other thing. We tend to believe that in this category, probably with the exception of debt consolidation, um, and we can talk a little bit about that as a different persona and purpose and, and, and set of behaviors, but for the most part, these are the types of things that we l lend for are pretty thoughtful processes. They're big investments, like inspiring somebody uh, on the fly to make a $20,000 purchase or even a $10,000 purchase, that, that's not... You know, if if it's an innate need that they've had and they just haven't figured out how to solve it, maybe we are part of catalyzing and empowering them to solve it. But you know, it it's these are these are purposeful decisions that people make to um, do redo their kitchen or have a child. Like you know, these are not spur right. of the moment uh, hmm. things. This isn't the candy bar at the at the checkout line. At you know, it's the it's the opposite. They're very well thought through typically. So it might be that somebody just hasn't, the, the financing has been daunting or figuring that out has been daunting. And if we can sort of, you know, appear in their path that they're on and show them that it can actually be quite easy, we might actually inspire them to take the action. But the need itself had to be there because these are big things. And, you know, especially for people with good credit, they don't tend to make giant impulse decisions. They're thoughtful, they're responsible with their money, they make sure they can pay their bills through good and bad, um, you know, and, and it, you know, this becomes, you know, in some ways for people, it can become a tool um, that does, that allows them to keep their emergency funds intact and keep everything rolling. And this becomes, um, you know, provided it's in their means, this, this becomes um, a way to stay in good financial health and, and all of that. So, that's, that's the way we think about it um, versus, uh, you know, inspiring them. But knowing that these are needs that can come up for them, I think some of it is planting the seeds for future needs. Some of that is maybe resonating with an innate, with, with, a, with a, a deep need that hasn't resolved itself yet. They haven't figured out how to act on it. I do wonder um, if some of these, I mean, you know more than me, can be linked. Like if I'm doing, if I'm getting a landscaping loan, well, you know, we're spending this money on landscaping. Maybe we should get the jacuzzi too. Or, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're going in and we have to, you know, redo our dining room. Maybe we should include the kitchen. I, I do, I, maybe, and I don't know if you have any analytics on this at all. If it's, if, you know, if you have any sense of those areas of loan, which are kind of siloed, right? I'm not going to come in for the IVF and stay for the jacuzzi. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we got to pay for this kid. But, you know, it'd be really great as we're doing that is, you know, having a hot tub. Mm -hmm. um, versus, well, if, we, if we're going to do this, we might as well do this at the same time. If we're going to do the kitchen, let's get the front door redone too. Or if we're going to do the yard, let's do the, the roof at the same time. Yes. Do you just get a sense of people thinking in those kinds of terms as well? They do. They do. Um, uh, I think when they get I think when they get to know the product and they see the flexibility it has, um, you know, they can ask, they can, they can do a new, new loan term request. If they said, if they grab, if they um, applied for $40,000 to do a pool and then in the process of um, finalizing their pool plans, they want to do some hardscaping to go with it um, and maybe, and maybe get the new furniture that goes with all of that, the new yard furniture. Um, the loan itself 
is flexible. We give them the cash right into their bank account. They disperse it um, the way they see fit. We ask that it be related to the product. Um, and, and, you know, uh, so, you know, up, up to the amount that they've been approved for. And if they say, hey, can I have, you know, can we apply, can we, can we actually fund this $5,000 more than we asked for because we decided we want to add the furniture to it? We'll, we'll entertain that. We'll have to, you know, look at it again from a credit perspective. But if they are, if they qualify, that's a, that's a decision that we can make in their loan process and allow them to add stuff on um, and, and complete because it's not secured. So, um, you know, we, we make sure that the core purpose of what they're doing matches the interest rates and the structure of the loan and all of that. But um, we do give them the flexibility to include the re- all kind of related expenses, something they pick. If they are adopting a child, there's travel, there's medical, there's legal fees. There's a right. lot of pieces that come with that. Um, and the, the loan is designed to allow them to manage all the pieces. I don't want to give the impression, though, that all that Lightstream, you know, you talked about the first frictionless experience. Mm-hmm. At the same time, from, you know, doing my research on the company a little bit and even looking at your, I was looking at jobs on your website, right? And not that I'm looking for a job, but you never know. And there's there's a couple positions for Leadership Institute senior consultant. So you're looking and the, the job description requires a PhD in psychology and related field to do learning and development in the organization. So on the one hand, it might seem to be all automated um, and paperless mm-hmm. and frictionless. But on the other hand, from what I understand, there is a sizable or a concerted effort at developing the employee experience mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. And so I was, I was wondering if you could, you know, as we've talked about the frictionless, just go online and apply and you're approved. I don't want to give the impression that that's all there is to Lightstream because I think, and based on my research and other conversations, there is a lot more internally that goes on to providing a organizational culture and employee experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a couple of things there. The Leadership Institute is part of our bigger corporate um, environment as as Truist, which is you know, a recent merger between SunTrust and BB&T. That Leadership Institute um it's something I'm actually less familiar with and am anxious to learn more about because it's a company that has, um, you know, it invests in their, uh, in their teammates and wants to help them learn and grow and, and be able to do better and better things for the company. So that that's pretty exciting to me as a teammate. Um, I'm, I can speak most familiarly with the, um, with the uh, experience that we create, like say a light within the light stream uh, line of business here where we, um, built the company with a customer focus, um, in mind. That's, that's how we started. Um, everyone, boy, it's very common for companies to give lip service to being customer centric and customer focused. It's another thing to really do that and deliver that every day. And it, it requires leadership to talk the talk every day, uh, and, uh, speak about it every time you make a decision. Um, and uh, constantly reinforce it, but but we do that. So there's there's two pieces. There's the culture piece, and then there's we do have a whole teammate experience that we've created with our core lending engine, um, and uh, right down to their user experience. What comes up on screen? How easy huh. is it for them to? Uh, and that's that's where probably the secret sauce 
of making this so easy. It's actually hard to make it easy. If you know, if that right. statement makes sense to you, it makes um, makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of work to make it easy for the client. Um, automation is important, otherwise it's expensive, and then you have high rates. You know, we're able to use automation uh, and technology to make this easy for clients in a cost-effective way, so we can pass on really good interest rates to them. Uh, really gotcha. rates. Um, if they want that, you know, there, there are pieces to the business where they can um, interact with them, that the happy path for our customers is that they never need to talk to us, um, that the, the process goes smoothly, they can upload anything that we might need from them. Uh, and uh, bing, bang, boom, they are able to fund and not talk about it. Uh, and not not need to talk to us. But if there is something that is a little more complex, or if they have a question, or if they just need a little confidence about a step, they can reach out to us. So once once they've applied with us, they have a way to um, call us. And um, and uh, we, uh, we you know we give them options there. Um, but at the end of the day, um, all of this is part of the 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 guarantee that this this experience for them is going to be better than all of their previous you know blending experiences and um, they don't need to prove it they just need to tell us they didn't feel like it was great and um, it doesn't happen very often so we we um, we can stand behind it and uh, and promote it as a way to give them confidence that they're going into something that's going to be smooth. I appreciate that you said you don't have to prove it because that just made me think about going back to your West Bloomfield um, playground. Mm-hmm. You know, someone saying something, the other person saying, prove it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, you, know, you prove it. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, this was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, prove it. Well, I mean, how am I supposed to do that? Mm-hmm. And so just the idea of, you know, being able to state it. And I would I would guess that most people are not going to, at least the people that you're, you're dealing with as your core customer base is not going to... Um, you know, challenge, you know, just call up and say it was horrible just to get a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I actually I, admit that once they said, that? Well, they, we actually had somebody admit that once we said, well, we, you know, we do ask them to give us feedback. We asked them to complete a, a, a brief survey because we won't, because it's for us, what's most important is learning, right? Learning from right. experience because we're not perfect. We're, something is not going to go right here or there. And um, sometimes recovering, uh, recovering a problem can actually be a, a bigger loyalty builder than something that goes smoothly. Because if you recover it well, it's memorable. Um, things things are never perfect at any company with any product. And so being able to stand behind it and fix it and recover it is actually very powerful. Um, people give us feedback. And in, in one instance, somebody said, well, actually, it was a pretty great experience, but I wanted to see if you were really going to back up your experience. And we actually went ahead and honored, honored it because huh. it was a, a positive interaction with the client. We got a little bit of a feedback from them. Um, I would not want to promote that widespread. That would be a problem. No, we don't want, we don't want, we don't want to encourage <laughs> that, but it is cheaper than hiring consultants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the spirit of it is listening to the customers, right? So, right. Um, so we have our loan experience guarantee to listen. We have, um, we actually use, um, we use uh, a, survey methodology called the net promoter score, which has been sure. um, shown to really quantitatively tie to customer loyalty. And um, so if you if you measure the experience and you do the right um, analytics against it, let's say we look at everybody who went through um, this part of our process versus had to go through the process and do some extra step. We can actually look at how their scores, how their, how their 
net promoter score differed by which exact process they went through um, and to be able to quantify, wow, look at the friction we're creating with that. You know, how do we fix that? How do we smooth that? We can measure its impact. Um, and, and we're really we're really proud of our net promoter score. We have a pretty world-class net promoter score, which is hard to do in financial services because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of regulation. There's a lot of work to do to make sure that we're we're lending legally and compliantly and making that smooth for the customer and being and, and having a score that reflects that we gave them a really great customer experience is something we're really proud of. So continuing to measure it and making sure that as we scale our business and evolve our business and enhance it, that we don't screw that up is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do wonder also about, I went to your YouTube page. Um, and so that's there. And, you know, obviously you have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're on TikTok or not. Um, not. If there is a, Maybe it's someplace to explore just for, you know, you know, cradle the grave, you know, brand loyalty, just saying. Um, so as a, as a, as, as doing brand design and brand experience, how do you evaluate these, you know, these different channels in terms of like where you need to direct your energy, the blog? Um, I don't know what else you might be doing. If there's probably a Twitter feed. There's a lot you could do, but at the same time, from a marketing standpoint, sometimes it's better not to do anything if you're not going to do it really well. Agreed. And that's something that we um, that we contemplate every year, uh, well, on an ongoing basis when we when we plan, um, plan our initiatives for the year, because we like most businesses, we live in a world of constrained resources and you have to make your best choices. Um, we. Um, we have a pretty robust set of analytics uh, and measurement tools um, to understand where we're getting the most bang for our buck uh, um, across all, all of our marketing channels. Um, being, you know, we don't take paper applications. We don't take applications over the phone. Everybody eventually has to engage with us online. And so that creates um, the opportunity to track and measure things um, pretty well. And you know, there's, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it. None of them are perfect, but we can get a really good sense of what's working and what's not and what it costs. And at the end of the day, the return on assets for each and every single loan that we put on the books based on the cost it took to acquire that loan um, and to process it and to um, originate it and, and so on. So um we're we're able to be confident in where we're spending our time and energy, and um, we don't get it perfect, but we do a lot of testing and learning and optimization, right. and we're pretty quick to kick something to the curb that's not um, that's not paying out, even though it sounded like a good idea. If we didn't get it right, or if it just it works for other types of businesses, but in the context of this business, um, it, it it doesn't work so well. So you know we. We're, we're pretty critical and we've got a real culture of um, investing the money as if it's our you know personal own uh, uh, across the team here. And so that, that helped. I, I was joking about TikTok, but I just actually looked up an article that said the newest frontier. This is great. The newest frontier for financial advice, TikTok. This was in Market Watch. Interesting. And so the... So financial literacy, and you know, because I, I I teach at a business school, it's a little bit different. But most kids don't know basic economics. Right. They don't know basic civics either, but they don't know basic economics and financial planning and financial management. And so, 
you know, in this, in the area or in the vein of Lightstream being not just a loan providing company, but one that also creates a financial confidence in its clients, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity to, uh, for TikTok, for, for Lightstream to have a TikTok channel. There, there could be, um, because we target people who have uh, good credit and have some credit history, um, channels that skew super young are not as efficient for us. I mean, we don't, you know, we, we will lend to anyone of any age, but looking for the kind of credit quality and history, um, it, you know, it's something, it probably goes on our testing list after this conversation. We have a whole <laughs> agenda to say, hey, let's check into this and let's see, um, Let's see if we can efficiently um, do some good here and grow our business. So, yeah. Well, if we, if we can, we can, if we can be of use at all, it's always good, right, Adam? Yeah, that's, yeah we try, you know. Yes. Yeah. Podcasting is it's it's one of these other strange marketing frontiers that that um, it seems a lot of industries are now coming to think about uh, as as media outputs, you know. Um, the audio blog, as it were, I guess. But I think this, you know, we're, we're kind of like a long-term or long-form TikTok, I guess, is maybe a way to think about that. We With actually, less visuals and uh, and stimulation. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. We have a pretty robust um, at radio, endorsed radio and podcast uh, program, which you, you've gotten uh, wind of between sort of Sirius and some of the endorsed radio that you've heard on us. So. Um, we're starting to spend more and more time in that space, which is, which has been, uh, good for us. And, and how do you maintain this culture that you've been describing? I know Lightstream actually goes back. It's a, this is a third generation of a, of a, of the earliest online lending, um, company. But how, how do you retain this culture in the midst of all of these changes that are happening of mergers and acquisitions and industry and economic climate? What, you know, what is what is the foundation of that trajectory that allows for it to remain the same when a lot of merger and acquisition um, literature or case studies is around those things not working out? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a big challenge, and it's something that we talk about a lot here in this business because we believe it is why we've been so successful, and we have a leadership team that's really committed to it, and we have. Um, leadership of this business, our, our bosses are very cognizant of the importance of it. And so we all have to very purposefully and proactively uh, champion and watch out for that. Um, th- th- I don't think there's any other way to do it because there's um, so much change in the air, just in general, in the industry and p- in particular in our company after recently merging, um, you know, Culturally, things change, processes change, all kinds of things change. And so um, for us in this business, we're because we've had success and we know where our success has come from, um, the, the leadership team that I'm a part of has to very consciously and purposefully steer that and preserve it. Talk about it, reward it, um, and make sure we don't lose it. Because it is easy to lose, right? I mean, you can't take it for granted that, you know, as as a person, who's, two people who study culture and as, you know, you being a psychologist, that those things don't happen by accident. They're nurtured and created. And if you 
take your eye off of it. And a lot of companies, especially if they as they grow or as they get busy, you know, we don't have time for that right now. It be, you know, it becomes important to recognize that that employee experience element, the culture element, is the thing that's driving the success. And if you change that and lose that, you're lose. You're, it's like going to you know, Coke Classic versus New Coke. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're missed. You're losing the thing that made it so special in the first place. But at the same time, not atrophying and not changing at all. And so what do you think as like as you're looking forward as a loan industry, what's the next frontier for you know building experiences for customers who are seeking loans? Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, and and it's something that we are thinking about a lot. Um, let me think about the best way to answer that. Um, the, the, the customer doesn't stand still. And so what's considered a great product and loan experience today, eventually others can catch up with us on it. Um, so we have to stay out ahead. And so we've got, um, a, we've got a, a pretty robust innovation pipeline here. Um, and we've got a team that's really empowered and engaged to prioritize the things that they th- that, that, that we all believe are the most important to move the business forward. Um, so I, I, so you know how do we make it how, how do we get out in front of the new needs that are emerging in this category um, doing some really good usability work and conceptual work uh, with them? To, uh, to with consumers so that we're listening and we're hearing where the pain points still are so that we can keep uh, improving them, um, making sure that our user experience is keeping up with their needs and, and even better getting out in front of them. So it's doing our research. It's um, finding those new opportunities and, and, and making sure that we have uh, an operating culture here that people can um, find them and turn them into real projects and prioritize them and get them done through uh, uh, a great agile uh, development life cycle here. So you're going to be busy. It doesn't sound yeah. like things are going to slow down at all. No, I got a lot of rest over the holidays. <laughs> it, sounds like, it, sounds like, it, sounds, it sounds like you're going to need it because, you know, as it, it does become interesting as even society changes, the reasons why people are seeking loans is going to change as well. Um, and, and how, and how you have to respond to those, you know, more, you know, social trends as well. Well, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, even, even what you just said, Gary, that you had me thinking, um, Christian, cause you just mentioned the agile cycle that you do your, I, I suppose, you know, iterative and design and marketing thinking in. And so it's interesting too, cause I guess that that's, that's something I was, I was kind of wondering about too, like the, the process that, uh, the company goes through to sort of be up to speed, I think it's like agile is a, a good methodology for doing that, where you can kind of move forward, iterate on a, on a design cycle or on an idea cycle, you know, test it, put it out, see if it works, and then kind of go back to the drawing board um, or iterate and make, make version 2.0 or something. So it's interesting, too, to think about like that's, you know, so kind of in the background, behind the curtain, we can kind of see now, too, that that's a way that one does stay up kind of on this on the, the changing cultural trends. And I, I appreciate the idea, too, that the customer is not static, you know, that's that's. Uh, a really interesting idea as well, because mm-hmm. um, even kind of we mentioned much earlier in the episode, the idea that like we, we, we talked like more about someone taking a loan for a dream project or something they thought about, you know, having a child, building a home. But again, there's also this other piece of debt consolidation or loan consolidation, too, as like another side of this also. 
um, and seeing basically what are people responding to, what are their needs out there in the market, um, and sort of iterating different products uh, in that way, I think is quite interesting. Um, and it's true. It's like, I mean, when, when you asked that question too, of what's next, I was, I was kind of thinking, I don't know, funding space travel, but that may, we're not, we're not quite there yet, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, never um, know. No, but, uh, yeah, you never know. It's true. It's true. But I do, I, I do think just, just, just to kind of round out, I think that, you know, as societal expectations change, even in terms of, you know, what kids require, we talked about the IVF thing and the adoption thing and having three kids of my own, you know, the, the the social expectations about what it is we're supposed to provide them. I have my ten year old come home and say, "Everybody in my fourth grade class has a has a has an iPhone." Too bad. And I went and I went. Everybody, well, so and so does. Yes. I'm like, okay, so not everybody, and, and I'm not going to go on the light stream to buy my ten year old an iPhone. However, uh, those are the pressures, right? Those kinds of things. You know, here in the Northeast, kids want private school versus, uh, you know, a state or a public school in terms of college. Higher ed, whether if higher ed, if, if there was in the next presidential election, hypothetically, some major change in how, ed, how much higher ed costs or is financed through federal dollars or state dollars, that's going to change the complexion of what Lightstream is going to be loaning for. That might be a stream that closes up in terms of an opportunity space, but then what's the other thing that's going to be opened up in terms of what are people going to be seeking uh, assistance to fulfill? So I think in terms of product innovation and development, but also product, you know, what's the job to be done, right? What are the emergent jobs to be done that Lightstream is going to be facilitating that aren't here right now, whether it's space travel or, or whether, you know, it's high, higher ed being, you know, affordable. Or if there was a single payer healthcare, well, guess what? Medical expenses as an issue might go away, but then what else is the opportunity space? So I guess there's a, a big element of futurism that must go on in your agile cycles to think about where is society going and what, what, what do we do if this happens next? Where in their journey are they making purchase decisions that changes based on where you can buy or or purchase kind of your the, the goods and services that you're trying to do, you know, and that changes over time. That shifts. Hmm. Used to be that you just got a car loan at the dealer. Now, you know, now you can get it ahead of time. You can have cash in your pocket and and walk in as a cash buyer. You can, you know, I mean, it's all based on what's good for you. So constantly re-addressing convenience and being kind of where they need us is, is sort of another angle on it. Well, that sounds like you're going to be busy. And so we appreciate you taking an hour of your time to chat with us about how Lightstream approaches. What is loan experience after I heard it on the radio? And was like, I got to find out more about that. And it's, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the trees that you donate, the you know, 3,000 acres of mm -hmm. trees that you've, that you've planted. And if people wanted to find out more about all of these things, where would they want to, where would they go and find out? So they can go to uh, our website, lightstream.com. They can also go to blog.lightstream.com for more in-depth content on things like our um, partnership with American Forests. That sounds pretty good. Adam, any other questions you have? It, no, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is actually super interesting. Um, and and I love the idea too that, that this – where, where your channels are working, right? <laughs> the radio, yes. radio brought yeah. you into Gary's ears and here we are. So I, lo I love it. I know. I'm going to have to be the radio <laughs> channel manager. It's her fault. No. Um, 
No, I, I, I love what I do. I, I love this business. Uh, I love talking about it, but I, I, I love the challenge of uh, talking about it in different ways and learning. I learn every time I have conversations like this as well, and I need to keep learning to stay happy. So I appreciate your time as well. Now we have TikTok on the on the on the docket we that we're going to have financial literacy on TikTok from Lightstream, and it's going to create lifetime customers um, by building brand confidence. So there we go. We can check that off the list. Yes. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank thanks you. so much. Thanks. 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 All right. Thanks again to Kristen Schuf, who is the senior vice president of marketing at Lightstream, for describing how Lightstream is tackling the loan experience and its cultural legacy. And also, planting acres of trees along the way. You can learn more about Lightstream at lightstream.com. And you can follow Kristen on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Make sure you also go to their blog. Check out all the articles they have. It is really interesting to look at how they're trying to provide that customer value beyond just giving them a loan and being part of that educational process around why they're getting the loan in the first place. Cool stuff. And thanks again for listening. It's exciting to announce that we're now over 600 downloads. It's been a lot of fun. It's been very gratifying seeing the interest in the podcast increase every week. And even now we have some of our episodes nearing the 100 download mark. So who will be the first to 100? Stay tuned and find out. We'll be announcing that very shortly as I think we're going to have the first to achieve the century mark really, really soon. This is a lot of fun to do. We enjoy talking with all of our guests. We learn a lot in the process and we love the opportunity to share these conversations with you. And we also really appreciate the feedback we get at feedback at experiencexdesign.com. Make sure you go to our website, experiencexdesign.com. Check out the past episodes. Provide your financial support. Always welcome. And let us know what you want to hear more of. We love bringing you the content that you love to hear. So with that, we'll see you next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week and keep on experiencing. Talk to you later. Bye.